Now, uh, we celebrate uh, in, a, in a church calendar a day today that's formerly known as Palm Sunday. And it's a day when the entire crowd lined the streets and they began to proclaim the coming of the king. And how many is coming again? And uh, some of them thought, no doubt, he was coming to you know, strip the Romans and push them off the backs of God's people. But he was actually coming for something far more eternal and far more important than that, who was the army of the day marching behind the Jewish and the Jewish people. Um, he came for a very specific reason. And the reason is he came to die. He came to die that you and I might be redeemed. And I find it interesting as I, I you know, listen to what's going on in the world today, that in a day when we need to hear more about his saving power and grace, and more about his gifts and operation and goodness and favor, more about his healing power, you have voices throughout the body of Christ attempting to diminish those things and suppress those things. I want to encourage you that are maybe new to this environment, uh, we were all new to a spirit environment, spirit-filled environment one time or another. And you will hear, for example, 1 Corinthians 12, the gifts of the Spirit in operation, because the Spirit of God is not retired. And some point to scriptures like when the perfect comes, that which is imperfect will, will be, you know, go away. The reality of the matter is that the perfect is not the reading of the Word of God in our language. It is the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ to rule and to reign. And we're in a day where we've never needed the Holy Ghost more. Amen. Amen. So when you hear a prophecy in our native tongue or you hear a tongue with an interpretation. The Apostle Paul said, you know, um, these things are very, very real, but they also must be done in order. And you're blessed because they are done, in fact, they are received, and they're done in order. What you want to do is be open to whatever the Spirit of God has for you. Say with me, I am open to receive. receive. And the Holy Ghost tells us to uh, come up to the table and communion with God because it's what He says that matters. We need to be listening to that. We need to receive that into our hearts and come to that table and receive what He actually has for us. The people of Israel, of course, in their history, uh, made some very poor choices uh, throughout God's dealing with them. And at one point in time, they were being bitten by vipers. And what did the Lord say? He provided a serpent on a pole, and all they had to do was just look upon that imagery, and what would happen to them? They would be healed. We know from the Old Testament to the present day that the Lord is the Lord that healeth thee. Say to me, He's my God. He is the Lord that heals me. And uh, anybody here ever play football? Anybody here watch football? How many of y'all could care less? <laughs> Doesn't impress me at all. There is such a thing in, in, in football when, you know, the quarterback or sometimes coaches, uh, sometimes somebody will come in with a play and they'll, they'll call what's called an audible. And the direction you thought you were going, you're not. You may look outside, you may, you know, their team, you may see their formation, you may see what you're, you're getting up against, but they'll, cause an, uh, they'll call an audible 
And uh, then that team will be able to adjust and maybe, you know, win that particular set or get that down or that touchdown, whatever the case may be. Uh, the Holy Ghost is very well known for calling audibles. <laughs> and this is one of those days. Um, and our job is to respond to what he's saying. And when he does this, you should know that there is an extra measure of God's grace and mercy and power on what he's getting ready to do. So if I were sitting in the seats today and I was about to receive what I feel like I've been ordained to say to you today, I would receive it and jump all over it and I would take it. And I wouldn't be denied in Jesus' name. Because I want you to remember that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The Bible says of God, I am the Lord thy God, and I change not. Amen. Say that with me. He's my God, and He changes not. I want you to go with me over to Isaiah. And if you got all the way to Malachi, you went too far. Aren't you glad you're a believer today? Yes. And how many are believing for whatever God has for us? Yes. You may or may not have heard us say this before, but... Uh, we consider Isaiah really the, the fifth gospel in prophetic form. The fifth gospel in advance uh, of what Jesus would do, not recording what he did. In Isaiah 53, verse 1, Who has believed our message, and to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? He grew up before him like a tender shoot, like a root out of dry ground. He had no beauty or majesty to attract us to him, nothing in his appearance that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by mankind, a man of suffering and familiar with pain like one from whom people hid their faces. He was despised and we held him in low esteem. Surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering, yet we considered him punished by God, stricken by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was on him and by his wounds we are healed. Say that with you, by his wounds... We are, we are healed. Peter, seizing upon this truth, interprets for us that by his stripes we were healed because he has already gone to the cross. He's already been beaten. He's already been crucified. He's already been raised from the dead. He's at the right hand of the Father. Amen. And he lives to intercede for you and for me. Say, so by his stripes, I was healed. I want you then to uh, go with me over to Psalm 103. Aren't you glad for the Word of God? This psalm is just filled with uh, redemptive truth about what his sacrifice actually does for you and for me. 
In verse 1 it says, Oh, praise the Lord, O my soul. All my inmost being, praise His holy name. Now this is telling you that there's a spiritual man here telling the soulish man what to do. And he's telling the soulish man, mind, will, and emotions to praise the Lord. Sometimes you have to do that yourself. You don't feel like praising, don't feel like singing, don't feel like serving, don't feel like doing anything. The wise person will not let the soul man run them. Look at somebody say, you're not a soul man. To be run by a soul man. You have a soul. Your spirit man rises up and says, you know what, you're going to praise anyway. Come on, say, I'm going to praise him anyway. Say it again, I'm going to praise him. Anyway, praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases. Say that boldly. He forgives all my sins and heals all my diseases. Anybody here believe that? Now, how many of you have had some sins? Did they need forgiving? Did they? How many have had some diseases and need some healing? The good news is he does both equally well. I hope there's no one in here that's deceived enough to believe that there's a day of forgiveness with God. That if you didn't ask forgiveness last week, then you're just out of luck. As there is no day of forgiveness for you, there is no day of healing for you. There is no day of miracles that has passed away because some man said so. What I mean is it's God's very nature for you to respond to Him and His grace and for Him to give you forgiveness for the things you have blown. Raise your hand if you've ever done something wrong. Aren't you glad He's a God of forgiveness? The point is, the efficacy and the truth of the fact that He heals is just as binding and true as the fact is that He forgives. And if you're in need of forgiveness today, you're in, you're in a blessed place because there's a forgiver in the house. And if you're in some kind of sickness or disease or mental torment or emotional trouble, there's a healer in the house. And I want you on purpose to begin to shield your ears and eyes from anybody that would even imply that God no longer does these things. The teaching this that they have is that he did these things to prove he was divine. When you are something, you don't have to prove anything. You simply are. He didn't say, I will prove I am. He said, I am. And all that does is fret away and etch away the faith of people who desperately need to know that God is still in their corner. He is still a healer. He's a restorer. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. There is Ruth sitting in there, right there, healed of leukemia, amen. And sitting right next to her is a woman that had almost no kidney function when she moved to Murray. 
Now the kidney is whole and producing like it's supposed to. He's a healer. And if you're not careful, you'll think about the religious teaching that that's passed away or you'll, you'll reference somebody who prayed for somebody and something didn't happen the way you thought it would. Hey, all of us have prayed for people and didn't receive has nothing to do with the will of the word of God. Doesn't change anything. I've preached hundreds of messages where people I knew were lost as a goose, but didn't get saved. I am not going to change my doctrine of salvation because somebody was hard-hearted and they wouldn't receive the gospel of salvation. And I am never going to change my belief and confidence that God is a healer just because I prayed for people before and they didn't receive and it went a different way. Amen. Glory to God. Said, I still believe. Van Crouch, a minister of the gospel, has been here before. Very funny man, great preacher of the word. He had a personal friend in Florida, and he prayed for somebody that was, his friend prayed for a relative that was, that was dying, and uh, he didn't get, didn't get healed. And he said, I watched my friend, that preacher, stand over that casket, and he wrapped it just like this. And he said, I'm going to tell you this right now, this doesn't change the word of God, and it doesn't change what I believe. And that's the way you've got to be. Because experience is not your basis of faith. What you go through is not your basis of faith. What that word says is your basis of faith. It is the only basis of your faith. And if you turn to anything else, you will be confused. You will be disheartened in the days that we live. He's still forgiven our sins and he is still healing our diseases. There are a lot of people in this room that have been gone a long time ago if that wasn't true. To turn to somebody and tell them he's not done with you. Come on, say, he has a plan for you. And it includes a supernatural ministry in these last days. Are you here today? Have you found Matthew? I didn't tell you to go to Matthew, did I? You are supposed to discern these things now, amen. You said you were tracking with me and praying with me. Hallelujah. I want you to uh, go with me to Matthew chapter 4. Praise God. In the uh, Verse 23, Matthew 4. You know, if you want to know where God's heart is and what His will is, just look at what He's doing through His Son. Jesus said, when you've seen me, you've seen the Father. He said, I don't do anything but what I see my Father doing, and I don't say anything except what I hear my Father saying. You and I could stay out of a lot of trouble that way, couldn't we? Yes. Jesus went through Galilee teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness among the people. Say that with me, preaching, preaching. And, teaching, and teaching and healing. What's he doing? Teaching in the synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness among the people. 
Say this with me. Teaching and preaching and healing. He's preaching, he's teaching, and he's healing. And what does this tell us in the scripture? What was the result? Healing every disease and sickness among the people. We have no idea how many people that would you know, be basically account for, but we do know this, that whatever he came across, no matter how bad it was or simple it was, it was healed. That's right. Do you believe that today? Yes. News about him spread all over Syria, and people brought to him all who were ill with various diseases, those suffering severe pain, the demon-possessed, those having seizures and paralyzed, and he what? And he healed him. Turn to somebody and say, that's my Jesus. That's my Jesus. Say, the same yesterday, same today, today, and forever. Come on, shout it out. That's my Jesus. The same yesterday, today, and forever. Let me help you out here. There is no day of healing, no day of miracles. There's a God of miracles. There's a God of healing. There's a God of forgiveness. He's not dead. He's very much alive. He's the same. What I want you to get in so deep into your heart today is this is not about God trying to prove who he is or somehow demonstrate I am God. We go to him by faith. He that comes to God must believe that he is and he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. Not because they saw a trick. If tricks would have moved them, then the people would have been moved. They wouldn't go from Hosanna one day to crucify him later. You see this? Get this deep into your heart today. It is his nature to heal. Say that with me. His nature to heal. It's who he is. He can't help it. It's his nature to heal. He is predisposed to show you and me his favor. He stoops down to lift us up. Psalm 145 tells us he is what gracious to all. You've heard me say this before, but I want you to think this, about this in terms of, of your God. You know, you do not have to look at a cardinal on a limb of a tree and say, fly, little birdie. Fly, little birdie. I don't have to talk the bird into flying. Birdie, prove you're a bird. No, he just, he just takes off. I was driving on 94 coming out to, you know, past the church, and I've never seen this before, but I saw a bald eagle fly right in front of me. Most beautiful thing. I thought, hallelujah, glory to God. I don't know where your home is, but I'm glad I got to see this. Amen. Glory to God. I mean, you put a uh, cardinal and an eagle together, now you have something. Amen. <laughs> I do not have to go down to Kentucky Lake and pick up a fish and say, swim, little fella. Swim. God knows I don't have to teach our dogs how to bark. <laughs> or pee. Or poop. Why is that? Because it's their nature to bark, to pee, and poop. Amen. 
You do not have to go into the field this afternoon and find you a dairy cow or a beef cow and say, moo for me. Please, moo. Prove you're a cow. What happens is birds fly. Fish swim. Cows moo. Dogs bark. Jehovah your God heals. Come on, say it. Birds fly. Fish swim, cows moo, dogs bark, God heals. You're not proving anything. It's who he is. Aren't you glad that's your God? Yes, amen. Speaking of the good news, go to uh, Luke 4. Faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the Word of God. Instead of guessing about what he preached when the Bible mentions he preached good news, let's just let the Word of God answer the Word of God. Many of us believe that this is a message he carried with him wherever he went. But in Luke chapter 4, Verse 14, Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the Spirit and news about Him spread through the whole countryside. He was teaching in their synagogues and everyone praised Him. So notice He's teaching and He's preaching and He's healing. Say it, He teaches, He preaches, and He heals. He went to Nazareth where He had been brought up and on the Sabbath day He went into the synagogue as was His custom. He stood up to read. Now you're still one of those Americans that think that it's no big deal if you're not in church you should just repent and say, I want to be like Jesus because he had a custom. Jesus had a habit, and his habit was to go to church. Can I have an amen? Say, he had a habit. Say, well, that was Jesus. Well, if Jesus needed to go to church, <clears throat> let me try that again. If Jesus went, I probably need to as well. He stood up to read, and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was, was handed to him. Unrolling it, he found the place where it is written. Also from Isaiah, the Spirit of the Lord is on me, because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. Now, you and I can receive the anointing, but we don't get to determine what the anointing is supposed to do. That's prepackaged. That is God's will. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because He's anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, for the recovery of sight for the blind, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Notice this, He's proclaiming good news to the poor. Not only is there eternal life in Him, there is provision in Him. He sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, whatever is natural, a earthly type, a bondage type of prisoner, or a prisoner in some kind of substance or habit or lifestyle, recovery of sight for the blind, both spiritual blindness and what? Literal blindness to set the oppressed free. Aren't you glad he's still doing this today? In other words, if Jesus is anointed to do this and he's the head, what's the body anointed to do? The same thing. We can only agree with and flow with whatever the head is actually doing. Say it with me. Teaching, preaching. 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 Say it again. Teaching, teaching. Preaching, preaching, and healing. Teaching. Say it again. Teaching, teaching. Preaching, preaching, and healing. Go over to Acts chapter 10 for a moment. 
Shout it out one more time. Birds fly. Come on, everybody. Birds fly. Fish swim. Cows moo. Dogs bark. God heals. Have you found Acts? Hallelujah. Verse 37, you know what has happened throughout the province of Judea, beginning in Galilee, after the baptism that John preached. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, and how He went around doing good and healing all who were under the power of the devil, because God was with Him. We're talking about God's nature here. We're talking about the same God of the Old Testament. He said, look upon the pole, look upon the serpent. Is the same God that operated through Jesus' earthly ministry and Jesus resurrected. He's doing the same thing through His church today by the Spirit of God. There's no day of miracles. There's a God of miracles. And say it with me, this is my day. Because it's a day of healing and restoration. And one of the reasons this is so important, and uh, this is something that... Uh, you know, I, I debate saying to you as well, but I received the same unction and have for many months now that in this, in this room are people who did not take a vaccination. In this room are people who did take a vaccination. And some of you, uh, of course, this is about you and what the Lord led you to do and what you should do based on, on sound knowledge and revelation and, and leadership of the Spirit of God. Some of you, however, were coerced into taking it. You were forced to take it. You worked for a hospital system or an educational system. Other, you were manipulated into taking it by friends, by families, whatever the case may be. That's completely irrelevant. We are now as a world where, where we are. And you should never be out of faith no matter what you did or didn't do. In other words, you should have taken that vaccine in faith. Yes. And if you didn't take it, you should have not taken it, what? Faith. By faith. Because you believe in what God is actually leading you to do. Now that said, there is coming an overwhelming result of mass vaccinations across this world. We've seen evidences of it already on ball fields all over the world. Soccer players, football players, baseball players, people who are aggressive in the use of their bodies at the tip of this issue where they're dropping without explanation. And that football player who was resurrected basically twice in that situation is not an example of what can happen to people on a ball field. It's an example of what your God can do no matter what the devil does. Amen. The devil does his best, but his best is not good enough. And as I've said before, there, there are times when if we don't speak out or speak up or get in the front of something, then it's ministerial malpractice. We can't sit back and just react all the time. If you took the vaccine, 
You start right now declaring according to Mark 16, there is no deadly poison that shall harm me in Jesus' name. It is not going to bother me in Jesus' name. I didn't do this to receive that, hallelujah. And I will live and not die and proclaim the glory of God. Come on, say it. I will not receive any adversity due to that vaccine in Jesus' name. You get up every day, look in that mirror and say, by his stripes, you were healed. You become familiar with it. Well, they're talking about drinking any daily poison. Hey, poison can come through a lot of ways. Amen. You every single day. There's a lot going on behind the scenes. There is a spiritual shift, counter shift going on in this nation like we've never seen before. And a lot of things you see in the natural are nothing but types of what's going on in the spirit realm. Decimating entire workforces. Decimating our military. My brother was forced out because he would not take a vaccine. But he has served his country with honor and distinction, and you should give him a hand clap, amen, and bless God that he was there on the wall. You don't think there's a devil pushing out some of the most gifted, experienced fighters we have in our country and then injecting the rest of them? This is far more than just whether you did or did not. This is big. And if the ministry and if the prophetic does not deal with this, we won't be prepared for what's coming. You should not be condemned if you did. You should not be condemned if you did not. But you should be using your faith right now. You just swear up and you say, I don't care what they did or did not put in that. It is not going to affect me at all. And you declare it every single day. And if you did not receive that, you continue to operate in faith. The Spirit of God is very, very clear about this. There's not one of these coming down the pike. There's a succession of these coming down the pike. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today, church? Your confidence needs to be in the Lord ultimately. Your faith needs to be in His securing and protecting Amen and keeping power. Yes. Yes. No matter what happens, He's your healer. Come on, say, He is my healer. Come on, say, He is my healer. If I fall, I shall what? I shall arise. That's not even the biggest part of this. There is not going to be any hope in the natural realm for what breaks out. People by droves are going to turn to the one place they can find remedy. And it's not going to be the church that says healing's passed away. It's not going to be where they say sometimes he do and sometimes he don't. It's going to be where they boldly declare without any apology, he forgives and he heals. Yes. 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 
what the devil meant for our harm, God's going to turn around into an end time outpouring. And you're not going to be on the tail end of this. You're going to be at the tip of the spear. Say it, I am the tip of the faith spear in Jesus' name. Passed away, then why would God tell through the Apostle James? And I think James knew his half-brother better than all the other theologians in the world combined. They shall lay their hands on the sick, and they what? They shall recover. Didn't say anything about, and thus thou shalt prove that God is real. No, and thus you shall prove that the Holy Ghost anointing Jesus is now anointing the body of Christ to do the same thing. Amen. From headaches to inoperable tumors to diseases known and not known, he is a healer. Say, he's my healer. Come on, say, he is my healer. Say it again, he is my healer. He's your forgiver. And I say, yes, I get that. Yes, I know that if I blow it, I can go to him and repent. He's faithful and just. Forgive me of all unrighteousness and cleanse me. Praise the Lord for that. Hallelujah. Glory to God. He's a forgiver. Get as confident about the fact that he's your healer. It's hardly a person in this room, if I told you no matter what you've done, he'd forgive you. But if I tell you no matter what you have, he can heal you. There's a little blip of a doubt there. Let's drive it out in Jesus' name. Can I tell you why? Because they're coming. And in fact, I'm already in the middle of this audible, so I might as well go all the way with it. David Gossam being raised from the dead in this church in the middle of a service, while not optimal for a pastor, it's not the kind of service you want to have. The Holy Ghost is saying that was just an example. That was just a forerunner of what is coming. So the church, be faithed up, be prayed up, and be available. Amen. He sent them to heal the sick, cast out devils, and raise the dead. You're about to see more people raised from the dead in the next few years than have been ever raised from the dead in the history of the world. And you're not going to be looking for some platform or some traveling preacher. You're going to wake up to who you really are in Christ. Say it with me. These hands are anointed to be laid on the sick that they would be well. Say it with me. These hands are anointed to heal. Come on, say it boldly. These hands are anointed to heal. Have you ever told somebody when they were broken in their sin that you told them God loved them and would forgive them? Did you do that? Did you minister forgiveness? Yes, you did. So you can also minister healing to people like you ministered forgiveness to people. Same gospel, same God, same word. Same anointing. Say it one more time. These hands are anointed 
to be used by God to heal the sick. Just lift them up to him right now and say, I give you my hands. I give you my body. I give you my life. Use me in these end times. Thank you, Father. And just, just think of how, what a bad day that's going to be for the devil who inspired this thing in the first place and thought he'd get away with it. All that's going to happen now is people by droves are going to run to the gospel and the one who gave it. Brother Olson used to say the devil did his best, but his best wasn't good enough. This is going to be that example. So listen to me very carefully. You got jabbed every single day. You take authority over that in Jesus' name. It will do me no harm. Come on, it will do me no harm. We're in faith either way. Well, there's a drove of people who did receive it and they don't know everything you know. They have not heard or they have rejected the teaching of the authority of their words and the power of their words. And that he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And he is a healer. And they're going to need people like you. Amen. Glory to God. I think I know Jackie well enough to know and to say this, that uh, she wouldn't mind if y'all just put her out of business. <laughs> Except for the fact she's a pediatrician. <laughs> Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Said he sent forth his word. And he healed them. Matthew eight seventeen. Amen. This was to signify or to show. What did Matthew say about what Jesus was doing? And he said it was a direct fulfillment of Isaiah 53. He, what, carried our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. Matthew, who walked with the Lord, Matthew understood that what was happening was a direct fulfillment of, of Isaiah 53, and he specifically mentioned the healing factor. So if someone tries to beat you into a greasy spot with their religion, there's no healing in the atonement. There's no healing in the atonement. I want that greasy spot to rise up and say, by his stripes I am healed. Hallelujah. That's the message that needs to go out. Praise the name of the Lord. He's always been a healer. It's his nature. Man hadn't sinned, and yet God moved quickly into his implementation, his eternal plan to redeem us. Adam was a spirit. Adam lived in a body, and Adam had a soul. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you? And what he died for, he died for all of it. Body, soul, and spirit. The turn to mind and say, you will not die. You will live. And declare the glory of the Lord. Come on, tell somebody else. You will not die. You will live and declare the glory of the Lord. Come on one more time. You will not die. You will live and declare 
the glory of the Lord. Now say it one time. Lift your hands and say, these are healing hands. They've been dedicated, consecrated unto the Lord for him to use wherever, however he chooses. These are healing hands. Come on, shout it out. These are healing hands in Jesus' name. Now, I'm glad you agree with that because the Spirit of God is going to come upon you in great power wherever you are. What you going to do when you're in the McDonald's line drive-thru and the Holy Ghost says, get out of your car and lay your hands on the person behind you? I'll tell you what you're going to do. You're going to forget all those people honking at you. And you're just going to do it. Amen. You're going to be minding your own business over in the produce section of Kroger. Or wherever. And Lord's going to impress upon you, hey, there's an employee over there that seems to be struggling physically. And they're going to go over there and go say, can I pray for you? Lord's prompting me to pray for you. And you're going to pray for them. And right there, Amen. The employee at Walmart's going to start doing a break dance, getting healed right there in the name. Amen. Joy and the glory of God. And you will have been God's vessel in that situation. Amen. Praise God. Well, Pastor, I, I don't know about that because, you know, people are going to think I'm nuts. Let me help you out here. Um, so you don't miss this. Lean in a little bit. If they know you come here, they already think you're nuts. So just get over that. If that's important to you, you stumbled into the wrong house. I saw this video of this little precocious girl. She's in her car seat. And she was saying, uh, don't worry about what people think, what other people think. And then she paused and she goes, I mean... Have you met other people? <laughs> Out of the bowels of babes <laughs> and sucklings. Look at somebody and tell them, don't worry what other people think about you. I mean, have you met other people? How about being a fool for Jesus? Didn't he get out there at the tip of the spear for you and me? Rode in on that borrowed donkey knowing they're going to yell Hosanna one day and they're going to yell crucify another day. Set resolutely to Jerusalem knowing what was going to befall him so that you and I could be redeemed. The least we can do is tell other people about it. Amen. I want you just to stand to your feet today and just lift your hands and just worship the Lord for a moment if you would.